My name is Steve Lally, and I am a storyteller and author. And I am delighted that you can all join me here on RT Junior Radio to listen to some very special Christmas stories. Now, the story I'm about to tell you was collected by one of Ireland's most celebrated and important folklorists. His name was Patrick Kennedy, 1801 to 1873. He was born in Bunclody, County Wexford, and he collected many fairy stories from his home county. We found this story in his book, Legendary Fictions of the Irish Celts, which was published back in 1866. Boy, that's a long time ago. It was originally called Jemmy Doyle in the Fairy Palace, and it can be found in our book, Irish Gothic Fairy Stories from the 32 Counties of Ireland. But this is my Christmas twist on the same tale. I also added a touch of magic from a story I heard from the great County Cavan storyteller, Patsy McDermott. So now sit back and enjoy the wonderful tale of Jemmy Doyle and the Christmas Fairy Feast. Christmas Eve, Jemmy Doyle was coming down the Scholar Gap. It is a hollow between the Blackstairs Mountains. It is between Ballymurphy and Kiltealy. It was starting to get dark, and it was that strange silver time between the last of the daylight and the beginning of the night time. When a thin veil between the living world and what lies beyonds seems to evaporate just for a little while. It was a long and lonely road that he walked upon that night in winter. He knew the road well and was not afraid of the shadows coming from the half-light nor the strange sounds that seemed to emerge from those same shadows. <laughs> It was more likely that he'd had a few Christmas drinks and his favourite mince pies and buns in a local tavern along the way, for Jemmy loved the crack and the kyong. He was always the heart and soul of every get-together, and he loved to sing and listen to music. He was in very good spirits, and a few shadows and hoots from the dark were not going to scare him. But the strangest thing happened when he walked around a bend in the road. He saw a magnificent house a bit away from the road, surrounded by trees. In all his days, Jemmy had never seen this house before, and he walked this road many, many times. He was dumbfounded and could not understand why he had never noticed such a fine building before. It was the sort of house that would have belonged to a rich landlord, the sort of house that the likes of Jemmy Doyle would never be welcome into. He noticed that 
the front doors of the manor were flung open and a light was streaming out into the darkness like an explosion of radiance and illumination. Not only that, but the sound of wonderful music and joyous laughter poured from the house too. Oh, the tunes were all so sweet, just like the ones Jenny Doyle remembered as a boy. He loved music, and he recognised many of the jigs and reels, and he found himself dancing on the road, humming to the tunes that flooded from the house. His curiosity could take it no more. He had to look and see what was going on inside. So over he went to the open doors and he looked in. He could not believe his eyes for he saw a large grand hall with people dressed like royalty. They were eating and drinking and when they were not doing that, they were all laughing and dancing. The hall was lined with tables full of every type of food and drink that you could think of. And from the walls hung exquisite tapestries depicting scenes the likes of which he had never seen or thought of in all of his days. And there was also a big table full of all sorts of his favourite treat. Buns. Oh my goodness. Jemmy Doyle loved buns. There were long buns, short buns, wide buns, narrow buns, flat buns, round buns, circular buns, square buns, triangular buns, hexagonal buns, conical buns, oval buns, rectangular buns, curved buns, cylindrical buns and semicircular buns. And there was red buns, blue buns, yellow buns, green buns, pink buns, black buns, white buns, purple buns, violet buns, beige buns, brown buns, gold buns, silver buns, copper buns, grey buns, scarlet buns and vermilion buns. And there were sticky buns, sweet buns, soft buns, hard buns, hot buns, cold buns, mushy buns, messy buns, magical buns, spicy buns, slippery buns, squashy buns, crumbly buns, flaky buns, buttery buns, sprinkly buns, sparkly buns, shiny buns, sugary buns, chocolatey buns, funny buns, fluffy buns, fancy buns, plain buns and pastry buns. And there were apple buns, cherry buns, fruity buns, banana buns, pineapple buns, orange buns, lemon buns, lime buns, pear buns, pomegranate buns, strawberry buns, blackberry buns, raspberry buns, blueberry buns, cranberry buns, gooseberry buns, coconut buns, mango buns, currant buns, santala buns, prune buns, jam buns, toffee buns, nutty buns, caramel buns, minty buns, gingerbread buns, fresh cream buns, mock cream buns, double cream buns, ice cream buns, full cream buns, coffee cream buns, oh lovely buns! At the far end of the hall, there was an orchestra composed of every type of musical instrument that you could think of. The tunes they were playing were just out of this world. And come to think of it, that is exactly what they were. The hall was lit up with chandeliers, tilly lamps and candles. The room was filled with a warm, glowing light and the atmosphere was electric. Then all of a sudden, Jemmy was spotted by a well-dressed man sitting at the top of one of the tables. 
he stood up and approached Jemmy, saying, Ah,、oh, Mr. Doyle, so very good of you to join us. We are expecting you, and you're not a moment too late or too early. <laughs> Please take a seat and help yourself to all of the food and drink your heart desires. <laughs> I hear you like buns. Why don't you try a. A butterfly bun, a Boston cream, a Chelsea bun, a Belgian bun, a Irish bun, a honey bun, a cinnamon bun, a Sally Lawn bun, and we even have lovely fairy buns. <laughs> The man was ever so polite and courteous to Jemmy. He was being treated like a lord himself. This was not what Jenny Doyle was used to, but he surely could get used to it all right. Oh! And all the ladies were looking at him like he was some handsome prince, and they made cow eyes at him as they rustled their fans and giggled like little schoolgirls. Jenny did not know what to think, but he was happy and apprehensive at the same time. He even felt himself blush. It all seemed a bit too good to be true. The well-dressed man kept ushering him to a seat, and when he was eventually sat down, his host offered him a plate of delicious-looking buns and a glass of Christmas punch. But Jemmy politely refused and said that he was full after a big meal, but he was more than happy to sit and enjoy the lovely music. Now, Jemmy remembered how the old people would talk of the good folk or the fairy folk. And he knew fine rightly that this was no mortal affair, but a gathering of the Shida, the fairies themselves. The well-dressed man asked Jemmy if he was impressed with what he saw, and Jemmy was quick to reply that he had never seen the likes of it in all of his days. He was then offered a plate of biscuits. The well-dressed man thought that Jemmy might prefer something a little lighter, but Jemmy refused, as polite as you like, and told his host that he was just fine, as the atmosphere was quite enough to lift his spirits. Well, as the night went on, Jemmy Doyle could see that everyone was having a lovely time, and it seemed like there was no malice or trickery about the place. And let the truth be known, he was more than ready for one of those delicious buns. When his host eventually approached him again with a great big chocolatey clare and a glass of punch, he took it gratefully, and he saw that his host's face beamed with delight. Just as Jemmy was about to take a bite out of the clare, he looked up along the table. He had not taken much notice of those sitting next to him, as he was so transfixed by all the revelry. He saw that sitting beside him was his neighbour, who had died over twenty years previous. Poor Jemmy got the shock of his life, and then the dead man raised his hand and pointed it at Jemmy in a manner. There was nothing short of a warning, and he said to him, "For your life, don't touch a bite nor a sip. For if you do, you shall remain here 
forever, and they will have absolute power over you to do to you as they wish. That is the way of the good folk. Then the dead neighbour looked back down at his plate, as if nothing had been said. Jenny was very disturbed by this, and he noticed that when he looked about him, the fine-looking folk were actually quite ghastly-looking creatures, like ugly monsters. The corpse spoke with such a low voice that Jenny could barely hear him, and just as well, for his fairy host was an earshot, and stood up from the table and raised his glass. Then he spoke. I wish to propose a toast to Jemmy Doyle, that he may spend a good time with us here, and we welcome him with open arms as our eternal guest. With that, Jemmy stood up and raised his glass of punch to the congregation, and he spoke these words. Your lordship, he began, I am a poor man with very little in this world, and very little to show for my time upon it. His fairy host looked at him hungrily, almost willing him to drink from the glass. But then, Jemmy spoke again. Yes, it is very little that I have in this world, but I will not be tricked into losing the one thing that I do possess, my very own soul. I will not be fooled by your trickery. His fairy host and the entire congregation gasped at this unexpected declaration and defiance. Then Jemmy lifted the glass above his head and threw it to the ground where it exploded in a hail of sparks and smoke and fire. There was absolute chaos about the place with the fairy folk screaming and shouting and the look of pure rage on the fairy host's eyes would turn your blood to ice. Then a she-guia, a fairy wind, blew through the place and whisked Jenny off his feet. He spun around and around and around in the air like a leaf caught in a storm. Then everything went into darkness. When he came to, he found himself lying away back from the side of the road. He was lying beneath a cronashiog, a fairy tree. But there was no sign of the grand house that he had spent the night amongst the fairy folk. It was very early in the morning as he was woken by the sound of a cock crowing. And he was wet with the morning dew. His whole body ached and throbbed as though he had fallen from a great height. Jemmy used all his strength to pick himself up off the ground. His feet nearly went from under him and he managed to compose himself. When he did get to his feet, he 
did his best to make his way home. Oh, he was very happy to get back to his house. And he thought that getting home safe and sound was the best Christmas present he could have ever wished for. He cleaned himself up and went to Christmas Mass to give thanks for his narrow escape. Well, after that, Jemmy Doyle laid off the buns, the cakes and the biscuits. And he never walked a road alone again at night, nor accepted a drink or a bun from a stranger ever again. Happy Christmas!